talk about it the nets the nets warriors game just wrapped up a little anticlimactic because the nets kind of ran away from the with that one from the beginning but before we talk about tonight's game the warriors and, bench could be is bunch do do and the, the warriors defense is do do or perhaps <laughs> the nets are good Find do you do this episode do you do, you do a good accent that wasn't good. <laughs> oh, I, I think I could That's do not great. I think I could do better. <laughs> All right. Well, I can do a, maybe I, can do a, a I can do a soft Michael Kine. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. But let's let's talk about Christmas a little bit because for the first time See I think in the history of the NBA, <laughs> we <laughs> we got games starting on the 22nd. Then we got a full slate on the 23rd. Christmas Eve got a little break, and then we're jumping right into the normal Christmas Day slate with a ton of good games that day. Um, and because we are so close to Christmas, feeling festive, we got to talk about Christmas movies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am curious to know just kind of your, not necessarily your favorite, but like, your go-to Christmas movies that you watch every year. So a tradition, unlike any other, uh, every, every festivist watch uh, Die Hard and The Family Man, which is a starring Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage's It's a Wonderful Life. Um, it's wonderful. Um, we've I've never already, seen that movie. It's great. It's, it's prime Cage. It's, it's perfect Cage. You want your Nick Cage, the family man, gives you a high quality. It was him right in his right in his heyday of, wow. of things. You get some Don Cheadle in there, which um, real debate we could have after you watch it is the classification of what Don Cheadle is. Is he an angel, a ghost? Is he a demon? Sort of tough to tough to determine there, but he kind of plays the pivotal. Um, paranormal i guess you could say figure that inflicts the basic premise is nick cage is a hot shot just making deals just all the deals kind of finance bro but you know before he got that life he had to make a sacrifice of leaving his girlfriend at the airport and uh basically the premise is don Cheadle puts him into an alternate reality where he is in the life he would have chose if he had decided to stay with his uh, girlfriend. And it's wonderful. And Nick Cage is just perfect in it. Um, We already discussed Fat Man a few episodes ago. Fat Man is now forever in the rotation. I've already watched it a second time this Christmas holiday. Um, uh, Bad Santa for me is a, a very 
easy one to throw in the early rotation. Um, and then so you're, just, you're not into the classics, really. You're, well, you're jumping into a little, little more action. Well, I was going to say edgy, a little more edge in your Christmas movie. Edge, That's what you're yeah. edge. Yeah. Give me some edge Ed, some edge of tomorrow <laughs> also in there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, I did watch the, uh, night before last night. Uh, highly. That's a very, so that's a very millennial. This is the Seth Rogen. Yeah. One, right? That's a very, yeah. I think if you're um, for a millennial grouping, that's a very good one. That's going to hit on a lot of things. I think it would play up with an older crowd, but for a millennial group, it's, it's prime. It's uh just star studded cast. Uh, no, my all time favorite Christmas movie though is uh, it's a wonderful life. So there's your classic. I've like never seen vintage. Never Seen It's a Wonderful Life, which seems wrong. Might have to Yeah, that's finally... pretty messed up. You should watch that before you watch Family Man. <laughs> Just to get an idea of what they're kind of going for. Yeah, I I probably should check that one off the list. I've just I've never yeah. gotten to it. I I mean Elf, I, I like I enjoy Elf the mm-hmm. one time a year viewing of that as well. I mean that's... I thoroughly enjoy Elf every year. Yeah. I really do. It's I I know that it's been overplayed and I could quote most of it at this point, but I, Hey, it's, it checks a lot of boxes when it comes to a Christmas movie. And I still think it's funny. That's a class. Love that one. Christmas vacation is another where we just watch it every year. um, And that's more like a tradition. Christmas Uh, story. I just got, Oh, I mean, my family really sank into the, which I think we've talked about every time we do, but my family just really sank into the Christmas story TBS marathon. And it was just like, on uh, all, I'm just like, this is fine. It's just not this good. It's not, I wanted this on loop all day. Oh, agreed. And it's a, a constant battle on Christmas day to try to get NBA on the television yeah. while that's going on. It's just like, I that. think the only, I think the only Christmas movie I can make an argument for of somewhat of like putting it on loop is home alone. I feel like is a, a much more, and I get some of the Christmas story piece of like, there's these like segments and memorable scenes kind of beginning to end where like, if you're catching it on cable in different parts where a lot of the home alone pieces, like the build up to him being a just devilish child, but. Oh yeah. And I, I, so I've seen, I've watched three Christmas movies this year so far and it's been home alone, which really enjoy Uh, I think I like Home Alone 2 better, but Home Alone's great. Really? There the scene with the like the throwing the bricks just as always I've always found that one super <laughs> funny. Uh but no one gets ultra going. That one and Happiest Season, which is the new Hulu movie with Kristen Stewart. And which shout out to that that entire plot for just being many a decade late in its arrival of yeah. edgy of edgy like oh yeah 2020 we're gonna have a rom-com with a lesbian couple but the crux 
the family doesn't know that the daughter's a lesbian. So we're going to make them a college roommate or friend type setup. And like, oh, have you, wa- the, have you watched this one? No, I haven't. Wa- I watched okay. the trailer. I do want to watch it just to like see what it really kind of gets into. But off the trailer, I was like, really, we're doing this movie now? like really like edgy kind of a, a thing. Well, I think in 1999 I was... it would have crushed. I I really like Schitt's Creek, um, yeah. so I was I, I had high expectations for that one. And Dan Levy is very good in it. Yeah, uh, we'll have to we'll have to debrief on that one after the you've br- seen it. Like, but it, it fell a little flat. I had very high expectations. Yeah. No, I I know like yeah, the cast wise it looked solid. So I mean it's it, that's that's why I wanted to definitely check it out. Um, I I mainly was just being a cynical but about the the premise of it where i was like oh why couldn't it just be a lesbian couple christmas why is it got to be like this the whole the whole farce in it is why does it need to be so gimmicky why is it got to be that the in 20 in realistically in 2020 why a, a daughter could bring home their girlfriend but like she ha- can't come out to her family uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they, I don't want to speak like I know what that's like. I don't. But two white guys, <laughs> two straight white guys talking about. But I was like, this feels like. I feel like we could be all past this. Like maybe there's good reason in this. Like that the trailer that I watched didn't explain. But I was like, hmm. I feel like we're as a society like probably five years past this kind of premise being. I think I think so, but you do. Um, I I don't know. I I guess I'm still pro. You're still shedding light and uh, kind of highlighting different people than you yeah. would normally get. My premise for that movie would be maybe it's the first time the daughter's bringing home a girlfriend for the holidays, or the first time her parents are meeting an actual significant other. Yeah, it could have just been kind of rom com based around that. Yeah, Yeah, I I, totally, I, I I hear you, and I like Kristen Stewart was good in it too. Anyway, we'll have to we'll have to (laughs) talk about that one after you've seen it. It's still worth watching. But then the third one was uh, Bad Moms Christmas, which what is that? Is the it's so Bad Moms was the movie with Catherine Hahn and. Mike Mielkunis and Kristen Bell. And so those three in itself was like, I love, I love those three. Mm -hmm. They're great. So this has to be good. Right. Uh, It's not, but you know what, if you want to have something in the background as you're like making, making a Christmas meal or eating some cookies or like solid flick dab on the background would not suggest sinking a ton of time in that one. But you know what, to wrap this up Christmas movies and watching them and just binging them during this time. uh, It's like, I, I forget. First of all, it's like a little oversat overly saturated at this point. Like Netflix is just churning out. There's just so much Christmas content. And I feel like most of it's bad. So it's kind of tough to pick out the good ones. But nonetheless, anything it's nice that's not options. Hallmark avoid. I I, do, I can't do the Hallmark movie. I I know there's no, a, no no no. I can't either. I yeah, know there's I, a, there's a there's a class of like people who find them campy and fun, and I I just it's not for me. I'd rather watch Family Man. 
Give me the family man. Give me the fat man. Give me all the man. I am a little disappointed that since I won't be with my parents this year for Christmas for the first time ever, it has been a yearly uh, tradition for the better part of a decade to always get my mom to try to get my mom to watch Krampus, which is like the horror. So I've never watched Krampus. (laughs) I haven't either. I've only, I've watched parts. It's on, it's been on FX before and I've caught like bits of it, but that's definitely one I need to invest in. I mean, we still got a couple days here. I can maybe sneak in a Krampus. I think I would like to think so. If you can't fit in a movie like that now, then when are you going to? I mean, just I mean, just for Adam Scott alone, I, I feel upset with myself. I haven't viewed it once. But you know what's funny is that the actress from Hereditary, or um, right, isn't it? What's a super scary movie that I still need to watch that you? Hereditary. Did? Yeah, Hereditary. The lead in Hereditary is in Krampus also. Oh, she's amazing. She's in Knives Out. I'm blanking on her name, but she's yeah. she's got some acting chops. She's amazing. Uh, okay, let's talk about NBA, PJ. Um, we're, like I said... And that's just this is how we talk about NBA basketball. The Nets just wiped the floor with the Warriors. Uh, KD looked great. I don't think there's a ton to take away from this game because, like, we don't really know what the Warriors are at this stage. They might be. We don't really, really know what the Nets. We don't know what anyone is. We yeah, we don't. But that was not, I would say, necessarily a representative game. It's way too early to tell what the hell's going to happen with any team. The Lakers um, are getting the rings. That's what we do now. We know that that is happening as we speak, but nonetheless, Nets want to know Warriors own one, but today you and I are going to talk about uh, some of the teams that we like coming out of the East and Western conference um, and give our league pass rankings before, uh, and then maybe talk a little bit about, kind of our awards picks too so uh with that we start with the eastern or western conference i think we saved the best for last we go east oh oh but before that excuse me i'm getting ahead of myself let's talk about some nba news from last week which i'm just going to give you the floor for this first one it was a little scary a lot of media reports a lot of speculation about what was going to happen with Giannis, and who knows Guy could demand a trade in the upcoming years and could be out of Milwaukee, but nonetheless signed a five-year max extension to stay in Milwaukee. How are you feeling? I thought we were inside. Kostas Anthony Kumpo just getting his ring as we speak to during this recording. Um, yeah, Giannis is staying, so we don't have to do dumb storyline of uh, is Giannis staying or going. Now we'll get um, – instead we'll get the storyline on first take of every win or loss. Did Giannis make the right decision to re-sign with Milwaukee? That'll be how we spin. We'll we'll still get it. We'll just get it rebranded to did Giannis make the right choice? Um, No, I mean, just like shout out my guy for 
getting uh, $225 million, which is probably more money than him or his family could ever imagine he would ever have. And he's earned every dollar of it. And uh, that's generational wealth that, yeah, he should not have turned down for anything. Um, and I, I think they – did they do everything they needed to do? No, but I, I think they, they definitely showed a commitment. I, I think if hey, anything – they tried. They, they lost a second-round pick trying to do more. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I think if anything, like what this does is this is the first real signing of the with the supermax and kind of that idea of keeping superstars and quote unquote still small small markets. This is the first fruition of that uh, from that level and accomplish it from that goal. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I think there's still with the luxury tax and everything, there's still a element of the have and haves nots of a lot of these NBA teams when you're coming to and being willing to spend that kind of money. And as long as the Bucks are committed to continuing to do that and spend, I think that's like sign enough. And like, as long as Giannis got that commitment from them, uh, I think it was a great decision on his part. Yeah. Whatever you want to say, it's two hundred. I'm not never going to sell someone not to turn down that. I wouldn't. Uh, so shout yeah, out to him. There but, was a lot of stuff that came out afterwards. It was like, this is the equivalent per game. This is the equivalent for whatever. And it's 112 grand a day for five years. The doctor away. Yeah, and it's not. And I was just like, oh man, it was tough to work after seeing the news and doing that math. I was like, oh god, <laughs> yeah, this is tough. I uh. I mean, just in general, though, I'm super happy for him first and foremost. But I think the all the fan base of the the Bucks too. I think they should celebrate this and feel good. Um, and I hope, yeah. If anything, it just it, it alleviates a very dumb narrative going into this season. And and that's just like one thing I. I'm personally kind of just tired of it. And I, I get the draw when you're one of the teams, like if you're a Heat fan or you're a Warriors fan, Dallas, whoever it might be, you're like, oh, I thought th- thought we had a chance to get Giannis. Like, why? That's like a very top of mind thing to talk about. But I, I think just from a living transi- transaction by transaction, whatever, like cool, we do it. A lot of people do it. It's just a part of the NBA thing. But at the same time, we do – there are games, and it's just – part of this is is nice just from a standpoint of like, all right, let's see if the Bucks can actually win the Eastern Conference now. Let's go do it. I want Giannis versus LeBron in the conference finals – or in the NBA finals. Like, just give me that, please. Please oh, give me that. I didn't yeah, get LeBron Kobe. Give me LeBron Giannis, please. Like, that's where I want the focus to be. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you and our friend group and what would happen if if we do see this uh, actually come to fruition is something that I've wanted for, you know, it's really the last two years that we thought that there was a good chance that the, the Bucks would be able to make it to the finals. And two years ago, the Lakers definitely were not. And, I mean, going into the bubble – um, thought it was definitely feasible that it could end up being a Bucks Lakers finals, 
and it, it didn't end up working out that way. Uh, but maybe this is the year uh, and the Bucks. we'll get to the Eastern Conference stuff in a second, but I think that they are going, I think that their ceiling is higher now than what it was. And Bledsoe was just really not good in the playoffs. And I, I trust Drew Holiday. Um, and is that going to be enough? We'll see. But I, I like their chances. And you know what? Giannis has gotten better every season in yeah. every major statistical back category. If he does that even marginally again, they are, they are going to be really, really good. Because, I mean, getting better would mean, you know, like – 33 32 points 14 rebounds and seven assists a game something like that and it just who knows what this guy could do maybe maybe just in one area of his game he improves enough to just yeah just over the top I, so we'll see i'm not sure where it happens but and that's like the toughest part about the bogdanovich thing and we can move on after this um if we want to uh, was like Bogdanovich at least gave them the ability to give another player the option to be a kind of shot creator or just just in the setup of a primary ball handler not being Giannis on everything and like the offense having to go through Giannis on every single possession. Granted, he's your star, and I mean he's could be you know he's arguably the best player in the NBA right now, so you want him touching the ball on every possession, but like through a course of a season in the playoffs, like you look at, I mean, James Harden prime example of just like getting tired and come playoff time. Like at a certain point, got everyone needs a break in a course of a game and whatnot. So not have maybe Middleton can step up may just what, what those options are, how they, they work that through. Um, I think if anything, it's like, you'll see this year if, if they're unable to, which would really be unfortunate, um, like Budenhoser's out of there, and then they're replacing him with someone. Um, you know, this is probably his last last run with this. If they they fall short, um, especially if Budenhoser doesn't show any ability to make any adjustments in the playoffs, uh, which has been the joke since they got eliminated by the Heat. Um, but we'll see. I, I think you're you're 100% right with your point, though. Just like the Drew Holiday piece of Drew Holiday shows up in the playoffs. That 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 is the yeah, – I don't think regular season-wise you're going to see much of a difference, but come playoff time, like – Well, how how much better could they be? Giannis has been playing right. like 30 to 31 minutes on average and, over the last few seasons. And Bledsoe's a very good regular season player. He's just had – like the most frustrating drop of play. Like he goes from first round is the last two years with the box was the best he was going to get. It was still a step down from how he was playing in the regular season and just like a plummet of just bad basketball. Yeah, it was not good, but a few other extensions. So Kuzma got extended uh, three years, 40 million, I think. Uh, Mark Mitchell, Mitch, yeah, Gobert got extended. Um, which I was actually very surprised. I thought that this we could have seen the Jazz try to do something different and maybe try to trade him. Nah, 200 million dollars for center, um, over five years. And I'm not trying to discount that too much. I know he's going to be, uh, 
he's going to be a top five at defensive player of the year, almost every season that he plays, but um, they're keeping him, keeping that core intact. And then Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac both got extended uh, four years, 80 million for Isaac and 50 million over three years for Markel Fultz, which the magic are now locked into those two and Vooch and Aaron Gordon. And um, on, I think it's, they're buying, they're buying a little low on Markel. Um, but I, everyone's rooting for him and I'm glad that he got some money, uh, after a really tough start to his career. Yeah. I mean, they're, they like him. I mean, I, I, I'm happy for the dude. It's like, um, just, yeah, kind of his, his journey. I'm glad he, he was, he was able to recover kind of in Orlando coming from Philly and it's, that one, I just – whether or not I think he's how he projects and going forward or whatnot, but I just was like, damn, good for Markel Fultz. That just was like the one signing I was like, yeah, yeah, Markel. Um, and I, I can't say I've watched a lot of Orlando Magic basketball, as we'll get into in our our power rankings here for League Pass. But, like, that was a dude I was excited to see come in the NBA and see what he would do and just, like, the weirdness of everything around him. Uh, I'm glad he's at least able to sort of, yeah, stay in the league. He's been comfortable, found a home, found an organization that's committed to him and, like, has, you know, backing him as well and it's cool it's just i was, it was just the one i wanted to talk about a little because like yeah it's, this is this is awesome good for him yeah i i the magic might not be awesome and might be uh and and for no for who knows how long locked into being a, a lower playoff seed in the east or yeah. um i don't know how they get their ceiling to a little, be a little bit higher but one way is you sign markel fultz that maybe he can put it, this together and grow with jonathan isaac when he's healthy and maybe they can exceed expectations and this team turns into something so that's a guy that that i think it's smart to i mean at the end of the year at the end of the day it's three years right it's not like they're this is a pretty moderate and conservative contract when it comes to the NBA. Not too crazy, but let's, uh, let's talk about the broader Eastern conference PJ. Um, we talked about the bucks already. Uh, we're not trying to go through and say who's going to make it to the finals right now, but tell me who you're just kind of interested and intrigued um, as far as their chances of making it out of the Eastern conference this year. I'm assuming the bucks are obviously going to be in the conversation but who else is in that conversation in your mind? I I think from the – I mean, I would imagine as most Doc Rivers teams are, I, I do feel like with what Philadelphia has done now, end up getting James Harden somewhere along the line this season. I think that only increases it. But You're trying I to get the Kool-Aid, huh? We're dipping our toes once again back in the 76ers. I do not know if they will for sure be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're for sure in the conversation. I think the Miami Heat 100% need to be in that um, and need to be shown respect for even though it was in the bubble, what they did in the bubble and how they played. I think that team only takes a step forward. 
um, as long as you look at all of those guys that performed and, and elevated their games in the bubble, that maintains, if not, gets even better. Um, so I think the Heat have to be one of those teams. And then um, beyond that, though, I, I think I look at the Nets as um, one just on paper and through the bias for just seeing what they did the Warriors tonight could be enough for some people just off instant reaction, but just, you know, when this team was put together last off season, everyone thought, you know, when they're healthy and everything that they were just kind of taking a, a pass on a year, but that they were going to be a contender. So I, I think we have to assume as long as health and they're, they're deep, they're one of the probably other than the heat, probably the deepest team in the East. So I think those four, um, I'm not ready to buy in with the Celtics this year. Uh, I think that the Celtics have a lot of issues, especially if Kemba Walker, depending on like how healthy Kemba is, if he's missing some time, it seems like his knee is not right at all. Um, He's, he's, not playing to start the year. Right. Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague is going to be their pseudo. They've been bringing him off the bench in the preseason, but he's going to be their primary point guard. Yeah, and I just I think from that they're going to struggle unless Jason Tatum. And this is this is kind of where I mean I think getting to like our awards when we get to that part, but I really like Jason Tatum, and that's not an indictment, but like. I do not see him at a level of a player. I do not buy it from a standpoint of, all right, that guy's going to just drag you to 50 wins, no matter who's on this team. I think he needs some support. A great individual score has progressed tremendously year to year so far, but he does have these really off nights. He goes two for 15 in like weird games and you're just like, eh, I mean, and that just doesn't have, like there are not going to be games where Giannis doesn't score 25 points a night. Like it just won't happen. Uh, it's automatic. Game. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, Jason Tatum has these, these, some inconsistencies. So, I mean, if that dude can be a 30 point score this year, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll reconsider and, and put the Celtics in there. Um, there's still a facilitation issue with that team. Yeah. Though. I understand this is a Brad Stevens coach team. I understand that Marcus smart is technically a point guard. Um, and I think Tatum does, I mean, he has some playmaking, right? It's not like he can't do anything with that, but Kemba, um, he provided a lot of that on that team. And, pre two seasons ago a lot of that was run through Horford and you could have some secondary playmaking there and they don't really have that I mean I think that Teague is a nice sign and he's fine for backup point guard but if he's your prior if he is your starting point guard that is not great and on the flip side like they don't they still don't really seem to have an uh a starting center that they can really hang their hat on and I if there's a position that I think that that's that's less important centers it, but nonetheless, is it going to be Tice? Is it going to be Tristan Thompson? Or is this committee have a run of Robert Williams? Like, I don't really know where their minutes are going to go. They are going to be a very good defensive team. 
that is something that I think that they're going to hang their hat on. They have to. Tatum uh, and Marcus Smart, I mean, they're like, they just, they're going to be a problem on that end. I agree that their ceiling is going to go as high as Jason Tatum can take it and how, how much he can elevate his game. Yeah. I mean, the other, the only other team I would mention this is like the Raptors, even though I was super Not the impressed. Heat. No, I, I said the Heat. Okay. Yeah. I heat, that. heat 100%. What they did last year, I respect of that and just the amount of young guys and just where they're at. Yeah. That's going to get elevated. I, I would hope. You know, if those, all those guys just start where they left off in the bubble and progress forward. Um, especially if Tyler Hero ends up being like a 20-point scorer for them. that's That team's definitely in it. Um, but the Raptors are the only one, other ones I'd mention um, as someone that maybe is going to, on that fringe end of it, I sort of feel like they are going to, by not having Serge, Marcus all like that's going to hurt them. I do like Aaron the Aaron Baines edition. That was like kind of they didn't they were kind of left holding the bag of like, all right, what's left available? And like they scooped Aaron Baines up, which I think is an adequate replacement. Like we'll fit okay with that team. Yeah, he's uh, not as good as Surge, but as yeah. far as like a bargain bin center option, yeah, Aaron terrible. Baines is pretty good, and I think will fit with what they want to do. Yeah, and I think provide spacing. Yeah. Oh no, he he fits with there. I was just gonna say, like for them, I see it as like, does OG come back healthy? Is he like kind of uh, during stretches last year and before? I mean, he was looking very very good before his injury. Um, so if he can come back and be a really solid number three on that team um, behind Lowry and and Pascal. Like they're going to be in the mix just because they're just a really well run team and they've got a good coach and um, like, yeah, they're, I I would still be very confident. They're going to win like 45 games (laughs) like this season um, though they're just like the in in the same way of, as the Heat, there is a team like every night they've got. Uh, they will put a competitive team together every night to win, and that will put them in a good position come playoffs. Oh, I agree. The Raptors. I don't think there's any chance that they are, unless they make some crazy trade. I see no they, they way that, that they, which they could. You're right, but I. I don't think unless there is some significant roster addition that they are, that they have a chance of winning the East. Um, They are going to be super competitive and a tough out for anyone they play. They are as long as they're healthy. Um, I want to talk about the Nets a little bit too, because they are, they are the biggest question mark in all of this. In my opinion, I think the Sixers are as well uh, in that, what impact does Doc have? They had significant roster changes with Al Horford leaving, which I think is smart. Josh Richardson leaving, which he was kind of a shell of himself in Philly and getting Seth Curry in the door. Like they are going to be, I think they are going to be much better. And who knows, like they have some options when it comes to making some roster changes. But 
they're uncertain every year. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about Philly too much. It's just like, we've had this Simmons, Ben Simmons going to shoot threes. Yeah. Is Embiid going to have consistent effort night tonight? Is he going to be the defensive player of the year type candidate that we think that he's capable of being? Who knows? Uh, same thing as every year, but what can Doc do? I'm confident that he's going to make them a top four seed in the East. The Nets, can they be healthy? If Kyrie and Katie are healthy, I have a tough time thinking that they are not in the Eastern Conference Finals. I have a tough time thinking that they are not. They would be my pick, to be honest, to make it to the finals. Because Katie, I mean, even tonight and seeing him, he's he's still himself. I don't know. It's too early to say over the over the course of a season, the wear and tear that's going to come along with that, if his play may deteriorate. But he looks great. Kyrie looks really good. And they have four guys that can, that can make pretty significant uh, plays on their own and get their own shot um, between those two. And then when you throw in Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, those are four guys that are like Karis LeVert was putting up triple doubles and stuff in the bubble. Like I know that he, the ball, his usage rate was insane. So that's not, that's not going to continue, but he's capable of doing stuff like that in a pinch. And so is Dinwiddie in cases where Kyrie's gotten hurt and he had to be the starting point guard. And you add in a ton of shooting around that with uh, Shamit and Harris. And then you have two like DeAndre Jordan, make all the jokes you want, can provide some good rim protection in a pinch and is a good defensive rebounder. And then uh, Jared Allen is actually a really good player. I actually, I think he is a really good modern center rim runner block shots, efficient. So this team is really interesting to me. You have shooting, you have playmaking, you have defensive versatility. It comes down to health and maybe coaching. Steve Nash is unproven, but I am incredibly intrigued by them and obviously rooting for Katie to stay healthy and to see what they can do. I I would agree, and they're like the top end of that team is incredible. And I'm very I think one of those things for sure for me that I'm most interested in. I think on given nights, even like tonight, Katie is going to look like the old Katie. It is just as you mentioned the run of the full NBA season. Uh how does he look night to night? How does he kind of nurse himself when he does kind of get those aches, pains through the course of the season? How does his body react with the injury he had? Um, and we'll see. And if, if he's able to really bounce back from that and be effective, then you know what? Like they've, they've got to be the them and the bucks would be the favorites for sure. Yeah. Surprising to see Nicholas Batum starting for the Clippers tonight. I mean, they're going there like, I mean, yeah, when I saw their line, I mean, they're going a semi-small ball kind of thing against the – like they're going with a lineup that is very contradictory of what I thought you would have put with them against the Lakers with the Lakers starting Gasol and AD. Yeah, seriously, this is going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do to combat this. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the Western Conference.
Prince. Um, same, same general question with that page. Like we know the players that are going to be at the top uh, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets are kind of assumed to be up there. But then there's a lot of questions like, would it be crazy to see a team like the Blazers be at the four seed? Um, who is going to ultimately make the playoffs? And one thing that you and I haven't talked a ton about is, okay, we're now going to uh, playoff seed and it goes down to the 10th seed. So what does that what does that mean for the Western Conference? I'm already looking forward to the playoff, the play-in games, and the and to get into the the seven and eight seed respectively. But who who outside of the Lakers, Nuggets, and Clips, or maybe you don't even consider those three to be the three? Um, who who do you like in the West? In an absolute stacked West. I mean, I think of, of one, t- it's hashtag Lakers better. Um, and then you've got the Clippers. For me, it's Clippers, Nuggets. And I'm going to put the Blazers in there um, out of sheer hope that they're able to, at least for the unfortunate, like bad luck they had injury-wise, I think if they stay healthy. And I really, really was high on their offseason – I think the Blazers are like in that top four. Um, I'm also assuming at some point this Rockets thing really implodes and they're going to be out of that conversation. Uh, with a lot of this, I'm not really factoring them into a lot of my assessment of like contending teams, but I've that like second tier in the West. You've got the Jazz, Maver- Mavericks, and um, – uh, why am I blinking on the third team that I have? Suns, Pelicans. Uh, no, they'd be kind of in that back. I think maybe just, yeah, we'll say just the Jets. I guess the Rockets was kind of what I was alluding to with that thought that I, I botched in my own mind. Um, but I think the Mavericks, I mean, I think Luka has a very good shot. Well, I'll say it now, I'll kind of skip ahead, but I think like Luka has a very good shot to be MVP if it if picking anyway, I like that's where all my money uh, would be going to as far as that goes. Um, but beyond those, yeah, I would say, you know, jazz and the Mavericks are, are kind of in that group. And then, I mean, the Warriors are in a weird place for me because I could, I could in some regard put them that way in that, that grouping with that, that, but I almost have to put them down. It's here. Um, and talk about them with the Suns, the Grizzlies, the the Pelicans, uh, in that kind of and the the Rockets, you know, kind of that mash mash group of teams in the West there. Um, but no, I I mean from a standpoint of the West, it's and, and all this could fluctuate so much. I mean the Spurs would be in there as well, um, and I think the West will be like every year it is where it's like the th- number three team and the the seventh seed is separated by like three wins going into yeah. the last two weeks of the season. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a ton, like this is to be like, I think four through nine is going to be incredibly and, close. And we just don't know even how many games, like one COVID run through like either of these conferences, we're going to have a very different layout just from that standpoint. Um, 
as we try to bulldoze through the season. So, um, like standing wise, I'm not really like that. Uh, we had talked before this, but it's like giving those, I think, especially this year is very tough. Um, but just from like a tier breakdown, I think like top dog is Lakers. You assume the Clippers figure it out in some way, but, um, they've got to, I think if anything this year, they have to approach the regular season with a little more seriousness than they did last year and kind of prep themselves for the playoffs more than just assume they were going to make the Western conference finals because the Lakers better. Well, and I spoiler alert, but the Lakers going to be a tough, I, I envision them making it to the Western conference finals again. And I envision them having probably a slightly more competitive series than, than last time. And that's no shade at the nuggets. The nuggets had to, had to go through a couple seven game series to get there. Um, and still were competitive in a few of those games. It's just ultimately that's a, I think that's a pretty tough matchup for them, but nonetheless, the nuggets, the nuggets, got hurt by just some of the people they lost for sure. Yeah. And the, so I want, I mean, I want the nuggets and what, I guess the big question with them is like, what is MPJ and Murray going to do this year? And I, I know that this would not be like a coming out party for Jamal Murray because he has been so spectacular in back-to-back playoff series or not the last he had a great in playoff. the playoffs, he was really good. And he was he was a little more inconsistent two years ago, but he had flashes of just being like fucking unbelievable. But then but he, he is not to your point, he has not been consistent thus far in the regular season. No, he hasn't outside he the is, bubble. Yeah, he has yet to average. Uh let me double check this. I, I'm pretty sure he's yet to average 20 points per game uh in in the regular season. And I don't think he's had to because they, they're a team that has had a ton of depth. They have less depth now. Like, yeah. So the most he's averaged in a a season is 18 and a half points per game. He's never had to play more than 32 minutes a night. Um, But, you know, he is a career 36% three point shooter in the NBA. His effective field goal percentage is right around 500. Like he, I, I firmly believe his ceiling is just higher than that. Uh, and he has, he has shown it in the playoffs. And I don't think that we're going to see the like game five, game six, game seven performances that we saw from Jamal Murray uh, against the jazz. We're not going to see that night tonight, but could we see something between the normal quote unquote normal from Jamal and that on a night tonight basis? I think so. I think you see him put up, I think you score. I think you see his scoring numbers take a jump, and then it's a question of like I I am, am banking on that. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. What are what are we gonna get? Yeah. Um, and I I understand that it's like a uh, Will Barton was hurt all playoffs. Uh, they got Gary Harris Gary, Gary Harris back late. Um, Millsap has looked really good in the preseason. We'll see. Um, but it's going to be MPJ, and I think we're going to get – we know we're, we're going to get out of Jokic, and I think Jamal, I'm expecting a leap. So all in all, this to say that, like, the Nuggets are going to make it out of the first round. 
And then it's a question of how hot they are and how good, how good is um, Michael Porter in his third year? Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. averaged 25 points for them this year. Like, that's a tough – I mean, they could just outscore teams in a lot of ways any given night. Like, I, that's that's one thing. We talked about their defense, but, I mean, if in a certain regard, like, they could just outshoot teams in a lot of these games and just be fine if they've got – the sort of offensive firepower that they could have potentially between as long as Murray MP, MPJ or Jokic is cooking on any night, like they could be just fine. Totally. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be a great regular season team. They're going to be a top four team in the West. I think that they will finish in the top two, but you know, the Mavs are interesting. You talked about Luca already. The thing is that they were a historically good team uh, offensively last year. Yeah. And KP dealing with some health issues, had surgery in the offseason. They bring in Josh Richardson. Um, they re-sign uh, Trey Burke, who was just really good for them as a backup point guard in the bubble. They they're going to be a really interesting team because everyone's expecting Luca to even make a slightly, a slight jump from what he did last season. And if he does that, how good can this team be? I'm a little skeptical. I'm not saying that as like, I, I think that they would miss the playoffs, but if they ended up being like the sixth seed in the West would not surprise me. And that's yeah. like, I don't want to get an MVP thing. Now we can get to that later, but I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a buyer on, on that just yet. I think that they, the Mavs have a move to make um, before that team is like a final finals contender. Um, Blazers are nice. Don't believe in their ability to, to make a finals run. Um, Roko just didn't move the needle enough for me. So we'll see, man. I mean, the West is crazy, insanely deep. I mean, when I sat down and tried to rank kind of one to 15, what I thought was going to happen here, you know, the Grizzlies were a playoff team last year and I had a tough time thinking that they were going to finish above like 10 yeah. SK scenario. Yeah. And that's, and I think John Moran is going to be better. I think he's going to be awesome. And Jaron Jackson is obviously awesome as well whenever he's healthy. Uh, so this it's tough. They're really only like two or three bad teams. Um, I think the Kings are going to be bad. I think the Thunder, we can almost guarantee are going to be bad. The Timberwolves could be bad. Uh, the Timberwolves are the youngest team in the NBA. And they don't have a proven coach. So we'll they got Rubio. Hey, I'm we'll see. I'm hope I'm just hoping that we see a fun brand of basketball and them try to try to play defense, but I'm not gonna bet my life on that. So we'll see. That's where we are. That's where we're at with the West. Let's talk about. That's let's talk about. Let's talk about the uh, our our picks um, for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Sixth Man. Um, sixth Man, who do you have? Let's start from the bottom and work our way up. So for Sixth Man, I went shock here. All right, you go first, Harold. I mean, I went Trez. I thought it was the obvious choice. Um, but I do, I think he's going to be awesome in LA. Okay. 
All right, so you th- he's going to be reigning six man? Yeah, I think he wins it again. I think you see him do – Yeah, I think he's going to put up, you know, 16 and 10-ish a night off the bench. And I don't know. It's tough to compete with. Who'd you pick? Um, so I, I was a little, I went a few different ways with this. Um, I guess it really depends on like what the, the lineups end up being, but I guess I was like in between either like Karis Levert or Joe Harris for, Brooklyn, I, I'm I'm not sure like how Brooklyn's lineup's gonna like end up finishing like throughout yeah, the night, year. Tonight they rolled out Kyrie, Dinwiddie, um, Joe Harris, Katie, DeAndre. Right, and then they and then they used Karis as a lot of secondary. Like he, Chris Lavert was awesome tonight. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Which like that's so that's all over basing it off that my pick was gonna be. Karis Levert of like I think he needs to be in a, a role at least where he can sort of do what he was doing last year without those guys of like be the kind of primary person of a second unit and I so that's that's where I'm gonna go with my pick but um I could totally see him almost in a way like them putting him in if if Joe just depending on how Joe Harris does and on a given point um throughout the year. I mean, I just think Karis, uh, yeah. For the sake of this argument, though, we're going to say Karis LeVert. All right. Uh, yeah. I have no I have no qualms with that. Rookie of the year. So, some bias off of tonight as well, but I think James Wiseman, it, the fact that James Wiseman got the starting nod, if they're going to commit to starting him the whole time, I think there's gonna be a lot of Warriors thirst out there, and if he's halfway competent throughout it, I think he's just getting a lot of votes. Um, taking some threes tonight, I think he's I mean, just like we have very also, small, yeah, very, very small, small sample, sample size. size for sure. But he's also like, from a potential standpoint, had the highest ceiling I think of anyone. Um. Other than maybe LaMelo, but I just don't know. <laughs> I just have a tough time believing, like, people are going to stick with watching the Hornets night in and night out, unless he's just putting up some bonker numbers. So, I picked LaMelo. Uh, Wiseman's a good pick, and I thought that he looked good tonight. Um, he is a little lanky, but was bigger than I thought, and he just moves really well. Um yeah. I don't know if he's going to provide a ton of spacing. He doesn't have a ton of defensive upside based off what I've seen, but offensively, I think he is going to be quite good as a, as an NBA center and thus probably going to put up some, some pretty good, some pretty good numbers um, in, in that system because they're not good at the five either. And that could change when they play small with Draymond there, but I, I picked LaMelo I've been saying from the beginning that like, I don't think he's going to be that great of an NBA point guard. I don't see, I see him having inefficiency issues just like Lonzo, even though Lonzo had a good shooting year last year. 
LaMelo is going to be atrocious shooting the ball this season uh, unless something crazy happens. Uh, but he has, he was bad coming into the league. He's cannot, cannot make shots um, in, in the preseason. Having said that, he also made one of the coolest passes I have seen in a long time last week in their last preseason game <laughs> running full court and just like this crazy cross court pass to, I don't even remember who for the Hornets. And I was just like, I don't remember ever seeing anyone make a pass like that. And I think he's going to do type stuff like that. I think his passing is going to be, I think he's a great passer. I mean, I think that he's just going to do some wild stuff. I think that the team is going to be very bad and they're going yeah, to give him the ball a lot. And that is going to yield really bad efficiency numbers. But at the end of the day, some Michael Carter Williams type stat <laughs> sheet could. stuffing and definitely, he ends up winning. Definitely could be the Michael Carter Williams of this draft also. Yeah, that's that's what I think ultimately happens here. Um, but I, I, Wiseman is a good pick too. Um, defensive player of the year. So I'm going to say Giannis gets it again this year. Okay. Because I don't think he's going to get MVP. Bum, 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 bum. So I, I've got Kawhi here um, just because I think he, he's, he has more – I think he's going to get a little bit more rest. They're playing fewer games, not as much traveling, not as many back-to-backs. I think that helps him. He's – and I, I just think the, the Clippers are going to be good. Uh, I think that I've made this clear, but like the Marcus Morning, Marcus Morris signings and then them extending <laughs> your Duke, your Dukey, who I'm blanking on his name right now, um, the lefty that they dealt from the Pistons that I'm just totally spacing. Luke Kennard. Thank you. They extended Kennard for 16 plus million a year. Like this is a very weird team and where they've chosen to spend their money is a little peculiar, but at the end of the day, um, I do think they're going to be good. Kawhi and Paul George, if they can figure all these team dynamic stuff out there, they're going to be a top four team in the West. And Kawhi is just maybe the best wing defender in basketball other than Giannis. Um, And I just think, it's tough to win defensive player of the year multiple years in a row. Um, and, you know, AD, Joel, Giannis, Kawhi, Gobert, they're going to be in the conversation every year. Um, and I just, I think ultimately this year it goes to Kawhi. But you, you've got Luka as MVP. I have Giannis as MVP. We agreed about, we disagreed about this when we put bets down. For our for our annual picks, so I will reiterate my rationale. I don't think the Mavs are can. I don't think the Mavs are going to be a top four seed in the West. I think the Bucks are almost a lock to be a top three seed in the East, and probably going to be the one seed. Yeah, Giannis, if he gets even marginally better, a little bit, or even a little worse statistically, I think he has a better case for MVP than Luca. I mean, my only yours is the narrative thing. Yours is the we're sick of the Giannis narrative. 
it, I, I feel like people will get Giannis fatigue. And we've seen uh, MVP go to a, a team that was the uh, sixth seed in Russell Westbrook before. Um, and I think Luca's usage rate is going to be insane this year with the Mavs, without KP um, for part of the year. I just think he's going to put up a ton of numbers. And off how he played in the – like, he's, he's progressed – too like every year he's gotten better and i just think like people want people want to give it to him he there's gonna be a luca thirst out there that they just people are not gonna help themselves he's gonna earn it to a certain extent but people are gonna want to just and yeah maybe they end up being a top maybe they end up being the fourth seed and then people are just gonna be like oh yeah there's no there's no other option ultra we gotta yeah yeah, and I, I said it wouldn't. I said it a little bit ago. Wouldn't surprise me if they ended up being the six seed. It also wouldn't surprise me if they ended <laughs> up being the three seed. And if the Mavs end up being the three seed and Luca shoots forty percent from three instead of like low to mid thirties, he's going to average thirty five a game, and he's going to average closer to triple double a game. So yes, it is possible. I just is this the year that we see Luca shoot efficiently from three? I don't know. Maybe it I is. Doubt. It's it, he is the odds-on favorite. He was plus four hundred when we last looked. I don't know what he is at this very moment. Giannis was plus four fifty. Um, I still think Giannis is the safest bet. But the Luca narrative. I mean, and I also am rooting for Luca and Luca's. We're let's go into lead pass rankings. Mavs are my number one team. They are oh. fun. They are they are so unbelievably fun to watch. I have this like ever since. I mean, I had, I had checked into Luca quite a bit, but a couple of years ago there was a great Lakers Mavs game uh, on at our favorite college establishment, Peggy's, that went ended up going to like double overtime, and Jan, uh, LeBron and Luca ended up putting triple doubles up in that game, and. I was just from that point on, I was like, I, every opportunity I can watch this guy. Um, Luke is amazing. And then he, he, I doubled down on that um, in the playoffs last year and there, his buzzer beater against the Clippers was just like that whole game was just, he was incredible in that game. He, he was his ankle. Uh, he had coming off a sprained ankle is just, yeah. he's wild, man. We'll He's see. Awesome. I, uh, the Mavs are great. They were my number one pick. Spoiler. Sorry. Uh, I think we'll dial it back to uh, the traditional way where we start with our fifth team. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I, I just, I, I couldn't, I did, might as well jump there. We're talking about the Mavs already. But what's your fifth team? So my fifth team uh, is going to be the Atlanta Hawks. I they're my fourth team. Oh, uh, Atlanta Hawks interested just with everything they added. Um, for sure, I think gonna be fun. I had to think about this geographically too because I first run was like all Western Conference teams. And I realized I'm not gonna be able to stay up for all those games, so I had to sprinkle in some Eastern Conference games. Atlanta Hawks, a lot of times they play that that prime 6:30 tip off that that right after work start for a central time folks. So Atlanta Hawks in the number five slot for me. Yeah, there that's a good pick. I like them for very similar reasons. A, they're also a weird team. 
like who is going to, who's going to be their starting five. Who's going to come off the bench. Trey young inherently is just awesome to watch. Um, but like, is Danilo Gallinari the guy that is their biggest free agent signing in Lord knows how long is he going to come off the bench for them? Uh, maybe because Deandre Hunter is all right. And John Collins, a lot of, a lot of rumors going around about what they're going to do with him. Do they extend him? Do they trade him? Um, but you know, they have Herder who was good, um, but probably isn't going to start. And then we got Cam Reddish who, uh, Cam looked good at the end of the year last year for Atlanta and is very intriguing as like a long-term stretch four candidate. Um, but it's just a good, good young wing to have on that team too. So they're really fun. Um, and Trey Young is really fun and, I wish he was on my fantasy basketball team. And that's the end of that. My fifth team is the Hornets. Mm. And I already oh, talked about, oh. I already talked about LaMelo. Yeah. Very similar thought process you had here. You know, we're, we're starting with the Eastern conference at the bottom because the team that's on like every night at five 30 is, is Charlotte. And yeah. I think that they've got or some Miami entry. or yeah. Atlanta. And I think they're going to be total butt this year. I mean, I think the Hornets are not going to be a good basketball team. But Devontae Graham was a great story last year, and I I root for him, and I really hope that he can keep that going this season. LaMelo was – LaMelo, I've talked about him. You know where I stand with this. I'm excited to see him play. I just don't think – I wouldn't want him on my team. Um, And Gordon Hayward, what is he going to do? Here, do we actually see Gordon Hayward be the the Utah Jazz version of Gordon Hayward again? Um, they're just like kind of a dumpster fire, and I want to turn it. I want to tune in and see what happens. Oh, What's your number four team? Number four team is the aforementioned Portland Trailblazers. High stock on Trailblazers, um, just Blaze. I'm very, very interested in what they do this year. Um, and Damian Lillard is appointment television at this point for me uh, and would like to consume a lot of them this year. I think they're just, like I said, I'm just hoping that they luck out with some injury, not getting hit by the injury bug for the third straight year and can like, consistently be competitive just by like virtue of having all their key guys on the court for most of the season and like actually give it a, a the good old college try and they actually put together an off season of like pieces that I think can help them get better. So um yeah I'm all on I'm on the just blaze this year. Yeah the Blazers are fun. Um I can't I can't hate on I mean they're they're a fun team to watch. They, they do play late. Not sure how many, how many Blazers games I'm going to be able to stay up until the very end to see, but similar issue. The Suns are my three pick uh, Chris Paul and how he fits with D book is I'm just really interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. And the Suns ended as, on as good of a run as you could ask uh, last year in the bubble. And it's actually kind of a travesty. They should have had some 
loophole that said if you went undefeated <laughs> in the bubble then you so, got to keep playing because yeah. uh they did everything they could and still not not end up getting a shot uh at making the playoffs which is too bad but devin booker is he's an all-star man he's really good he's one of the best he's a top three shooting guard in the game probably and I'm just really I'm interested to see how those two, along with DeAndre Ayton, who is always going to get some shit because he was drafted over Luca, and rightfully yeah. so, but he's still a walking 20 and 10 guy that's like 22 years old um, and has some defensive upside and some spacing. So he's not he's not a terrible guy to build around. Um, I'd much rather pay that guy what they're going to eventually pay him in a couple of years, then, you know, throw the money that the Pistons threw at Mason Plumley, um, and some of these other contracts that have gotten handed out to center. So uh, the Suns are, are interesting and fun and they're going to play fast paced basketball. And I'm just, I'm ready to see the the backcourt of Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker and see what they can do. Yeah. Suns would have been my honorable mention team. Um, Number three for me is uh, the Pellies gonna get I I, year, I went year in, Yanni uh, of, of Zion mini Yanni <laughs> not I, mini Yanni no I yeah, I went I went into making this list and just kind of said that I <laughs> was gonna refrain from putting the Pelicans on there because I'm just That's like cool. I was like of course I want to watch the Pelicans play basketball yeah. because goes without saying. I'll take as much Zion as you can give me. Um, and also just the dynamic between him and Steven Adams is going to be hilarious to, to watch <laughs> and see. I think, I think they are going to be great together. Um, I, that's a great, that, that is a great pick. I mean, I, I can't argue against it. Yeah. Also a lot of, a lot of Duke, a lot of Duke running on that and that team. So mainly the Duke was, and I love Stan Van Gundy. Um, Stan Van shout out. Mr. Lebitard contributor, Sam Van Gundy. Um, yeah, I, I just – Pellies are, are in the rotation for here to the foreseeable future for me. I respect it. Um, my last team, because I've already said my number one, my number two is Denver. I've already talked about them. Uh, they – yeah, Denver. I'm gonna watch a lot of Denver Nuggets basketball. I, yeah, yeah, Jokic <laughs> on his own um, is is appointment viewing. Uh, but then this <laughs> the Nuggets this for me though are like, this this backup point guard they took in the draft and his like backspin passes and shit. Spider Man just just blowing my mind. And then you got you got the upside that we could potentially see with. MPJ and Jamal Murray. And I'm just, I'm convinced Jamal Murray is going to be fucking awesome. I hope so. I hope so. I love if Noted Jamal Murray guy over here. Yeah. I, man. Yeah. I I just, I I think that they are going to be just for me. The Nuggets are always the like bounce. The Nuggets have been for the last couple of years, though, my go to like skip to like check in on, like, I don't, necessarily feel like i will grant depending on the matchup i will watch a full nuggets game but like anytime throughout the league pass rotation i will like of the so of these league pass teams 
when those are in breaks or at halftime or something, I'm, I'm going to be skipping over to the Nuggets games just to see where things are at and like catching a couple of minutes. That's like kind of where they're at in the rotation of things. Um, how we properly rank that, I'm not sure. Um, so I guess I've got to give my two and my, my number one here. Um, my number two is going to be the Dallas Mavericks yeah. uh, for the Luka hype and all, everything around that. Um, and number one is, uh, Grand, they're going to have a lot of national games too, but because of everything that is just going to be around this team, like I have to consume and be a part of as much Brooklyn Nets basketball as I can. Like, I just have to, like, it's going to be the thing, whatever it is, but, like, that is going to be an entertaining something to watch every night they're on, on TV. Um, And I plan to consume a lot of Brooklyn Nets basketball just for all those reasons. And if it's anything tonight, like, they're going to be really good, hopefully. Yeah. And I I hope so. But they're just going to be entertaining no matter what. That is a very good pick. Um, because there are a lot of really good teams in the Eastern Conference, but there is, you could turn into a, a Sixers game on any given night, and especially if they're playing the road, it could be like, oh my God, this is hard to watch. And also, you could also you could also turn it into some Bucks games that it's just like, okay, I've been watching this for ten minutes and the game's over already. I also uh, <laughs> hate the Sixers announcers so much. Like they're annoying. To me. They're like. I don't know who their color guy is, but he is like a level of homerism that I in meatballness mixed in that I just can't do. Um, so like the Sixers are sometimes tough, but like for the Brooklyn Nets games, you get Iron Eagle. So it's like you get like a, one of the yeah, best broadcasters really ever is like their guy. So that alone is like cool. And that's true. And, around it. Like yeah, I sometimes I'm, factor in that also. RIP uh, Tommy for the Celtics real loss. Yeah. Tommy Heinsohn. Yeah. yeah and the, the, the wolf Tommy Heinsohn. Yeah. The wolves had a play-by-play guy um, pass away last week too. Um, tough season or tough, tough off season when it comes to that, but yeah, man, that, that is a good choice. I can't knock the, I can't knock Brooklyn. I have, especially after tonight and seeing how their first game went, seeing how Steve Nash translated as a coach. I, I forgot that D'Antoni is a, an assistant underneath yeah. him, which is just wild. And Amari is there. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, that that is our season preview. We are ready to go. The Lakers look terrible. They're down 20 in the second quarter. Uh but LeBron is just well, miss, they're, they're miss they are missing a lot of open shots. So I think that this ends up being pretty close. It, I, if you're listening to this tomorrow morning, I hope you live bet that money line on the Lakers because hashtag Lakers better. But dude, we we've got some time off here. So we got Christmas Day games here in a couple days. Um, we'll have to break down kind of our initial thoughts after a couple games are under our belt this coming weekend, and we'll come at all of you with a, a pod here in a week or so yes sir merry christmas everyone merry christmas be safe police not be done (laughs) the winner takes all it's the thrill of one more kill the last one to find
Bobby, I'm your white knight.